0: and true American patriots. And that's what you are. I want to start by thanking Matt and Mercedes Schlapp and everyone at the American Conservative Union. Thank you, Matt, for hosting this wonderful event. It really has been something over the years. I also want to — we have so many people here. I'm going to leave out some, but they'll understand. We have a lot of Congress, a lot of Senate, a lot of everything, but we'll do a few words and a few names. Diana Harshbarger. Thank you, Diana, Congresswoman. Mike Collins. Elise Stefanek. I call her the rocket ship. Where's Elise? She's a rocket. Thank you, Elise. Jason Smith, friend of mine. Great guy. Thank you, Jason. Wesley Hunt. Corey Mills. Dr. Ronnie Jackson. He's a doctor. He's an admiral. Where's Ronnie Jackson? He told. He said, "I'm the healthiest man ever to be president by far." Said if I wouldn't eat junk food, I'd live 200 years. Where is he? He's the greatest. We love you, Ronnie. He had a lot of a lot of things under his belt. Another one who's a serious character, but a great guy. You got to know him. He's a great guy. Matt Gates. He's a guy. He's a brave guy. And another brave person. She started off very slow, very, very slow. She, she's a low-key person. Marjorie Taylor Greene. Thank you. Thank you, Marjorie. A good location, Marjorie. <laughs> a friend of mine, a man who's terrific. Almost won for governor of New York. Could have done it, but uh, so many people have moved out of New York, it gets tougher. But he's a terrific guy. Great lawyer, too. And he's a strong guy, you know? He stopped somebody coming at him with a knife. I don't know. He grabbed that guy's hand. He looked pretty tough. And he drove him to the ground. Lee Zeldin. Where's Lee? Where's Lee? Hi, Lee. Thank you. Good job, Lee. West Virginia Attorney General Patrick Morrissey. Patrick. Thank you, Patrick. Thank you. Thank you, Patrick. Ohio Attorney General Dave Yost. Thank you, Dave. Former Acting Attorney General of the United States, Matt Whitaker. Matt. A friend of mine who knows the border, knows more about illegal immigration than the next 10 people combined, Stephen Miller. Steven. Hi, Stephen. Great. Good to have you here. One of my favorite generals, a guy who's just great. He's got a lot of common sense and a lot of smarts, and he's been doing a lot of television lately, and he does a fantastic job. General Keith Kellogg. Thank you, Thank you Keith. A very popular man in South America, very, very popular in Brazil, the former president of Brazil, President Bolsonaro. You beat all these U.S. politicians. That's uh, that's pretty good. And his son, who's a friend of mine, Brazilian Chamber of Deputies, Eduardo Bolsonaro. Hi, Eduardo. Great, great job you're doing. Just got reelected. And uh, somebody that we really like in this room, I think. I certainly like him a lot. He had a lot of, a lot of courage. Very smart guy, James James? O'Keefe. Thank you, James. Good guy. As we gather today our country and our movement, the greatest political movement in the history of our country. There's nobody going to even question it. Even the fake news media. That's a lot of fake news back (laughs) there. And, by the way, I want to thank the fire department. Look at these people. They're up the rafters. Thank you, fire department. But the greatest in our history, uh, most important battle in our lives is taking place right now as we speak. For seven years, you and I have been engaged in an epic struggle to rescue our country from the people who hate it and want to absolutely destroy it. The sinister forces trying to kill America have done everything they can to stop me, to silence you, and to turn this nation into a socialist dumping ground for criminals, junkies, Marxists, thugs, radicals, and dangerous refugees that no other country wants. No other country wants them. If those opposing us succeed, our once beautiful USA will be a failed country that no one will even recognize a lawless, open borders, crime-ridden, filthy communist nightmare. That's what it's going, and that's where it's going. I used to say that we will never be a socialist country. I said it oftentimes. I said it once at the State of the Union address, and people didn't understand what I was saying. But I'd shouted out loud, and I was right, because that train has passed the station long ago of socialism. It never even came close to stopping, frankly. We're now in a Marxism state of mind, a communism state of mind, which is far worse. We're a nation in decline. Our enemies are desperate to stop us because they know that we are the only ones who can stop them. They know that. This room is so important, the people in this room. They know that we can defeat them. They know that we will defeat them. But they're not coming after me. They're coming after you. And I'm just standing in their way. That's all I'm doing. I'm standing in their way. And that's why I'm here today. That's why I'm standing before you, because we are going to finish what we started. We started something that was a miracle. We're going to complete the mission. We're going to see this battle through to ultimate victory. We're going to make America great again. With you at my side, we will demolish the deep state. We will expel the war mongers. They are people that don't get it, although, in some cases, they get it. They get it for their wallets. But we can't do that. We can't let that happen. We will drive out the globalists. We will cast out the communists. We will throw off the political class that hates our country. They actually hate our country. No walls, no borders, bad elections, no voter ID. We will beat the Democrats. We will rout the fake news media. We will expose and appropriately deal with the rhinos. We will evict Joe Biden from the White House. And we will liberate America from these villains and scoundrels once and for all. When we started this journey, a journey like there has never been before, there's never been anything like this. We had a Republican Party that was ruled by freaks, neocons, (laughs) globalists, open-border zealots, and fools. (laughs) But we are never going back to the party of Paul Ryan, Karl Rove, and Jeb Bush. We're not going back to people that want to destroy our great Social Security system, even some in our own party. I wonder who that might be. (laughs) That want to raise the minimum age of Social Security to 70, 75, or even 80, in some cases. And that are out to cut Medicare to a level that it will no longer be recognizable. And when that was their original thought, that's what they always come back to. Remember that. You have to remember that. You heard it here first. We are never going back to a party that wants to give unlimited money to fight foreign wars that are endless wars, that are stupid wars. But at the same time, demands that we cut veterans' benefits and retirement benefits at home. Our soldiers will no longer live in the streets of our city. We have cities where our soldiers, our great soldiers, are living on concrete. They're living on asphalt. We will take care of our soldiers. There has never been a time like this. Illegal immigrants come in, and we house them in the Waldorf Astoria and many other of the greatest hotels anywhere in the world. But our soldiers, we do nothing for them. They sleep out at night, and they freeze. They freeze in the cold, and they die in the heat, while people that came into our country illegally are in beautiful hotel suites, perhaps watching us on television right now. We were taking care of our soldiers just a short while ago. But we don't do that anymore. But we'll start doing it again. Our soldiers are very special to us. When a wonderful town in Ohio has difficulty, we are going to take care of that town, that city, that village, prior to worrying about the rest of the world, we're taking care of the problems of the rest of the world, that they're not taking care of themselves. They have us put up the money. You know what I'm talking about. If you look at Ukraine, and we all feel so badly about it, but why isn't NATO putting up dollar for dollar with us? We put up $140 billion, and they put up just a tiny fraction of that. And, you know, we all want to see success, but it's far more important to them than it is to us because of that location. We are never going to be a country ruled by entrenched political dynasties in both parties, rotten special interests, China-loving politicians, of which there are many. You listening to this, Mitch McConnell? Are you listening? And a militant left-wing news media that's either frightened of telling the truth or is truly evil and bad? I don't know. I think I think in many ways they're frightened. But you never really know which. We are not going back to this mindset. Not now, not ever. Not ever. And thank you, Mark, Levin, for being here tonight. Thank you, Margaret. And Julie. Thank you, Mark. Very important voice. Stay healthy, Mark. We can't lose you. Just stay healthy. Stay healthy, Mark. We're not going to lose you. In 2016, we took away the power of this corrupt political class. And we did more in four years than any administration in the history of our country. If you look at what we did, we shut down the illegal foreign invasion at our borders and achieved the most secure border in U.S. history. We deported illegal criminal aliens by the tens of thousands. (laughs) MS-13, taking them out by the thousands. We set records every single week. We were cleaning up our country. I smashed the false idols of the free-trade fanatics. These are fools, or they're getting very rich, probably the second and left the China lobby reeling from our historic tariffs and taxes that we charged them, bringing in hundreds of billions of dollars pouring into our Treasury from China. Thank you very much, China. When no other President had gotten even 10 cents, not one President got anything from them. Our trade deficits were five, six, seven hundred billion dollars a year. Billion, think of it, dollars a year not sustainable by any country. They built their military. And they have a very powerful military with the money that we gave them. How stupid are we? I was the only president in modern history who did not have any new wars. No new wars. I finished some old ones. I finished some old ones. remember when the Democrats and my Republican opponents would often look at me during the debates or whatever, and they'd say, uh, no, no, he's going to bring us into World War III because it's a personality type. They said, I had the personality No, I had the personality type that kept us out of wars because people knew that they weren't going to mess around with it. That's why I rebuilt our military. We were strong, we were safe, and I told delinquent foreign nations. They were delinquent. They weren't paying their bills. That if they wanted our protection, they had to pay up, and they had to pay up now. And they did. They paid $450 billion as soon as I said, no, I won't be protecting you if you don't pay. We truly had a policy of peace through strength. This was a serious, powerful, policy, and we didn't have to lose our loved ones fighting wars in countries that nobody's ever heard of. I stood firm against the forces of anarchy and decay. I arrested the Marxists who toppled statues of our great heroes in Washington, D.C. arrested them. They were knocking down the most beautiful artwork, the most beautiful statues of great heroes They didn't even know who they were doing. They just wanted anarchy. And I passed and signed an executive order. Anybody that does that gets 10 years in jail with no negotiation. It's not 10, but it turns into three months. And it's an incredible thing that stopped right away. You know, they were heading to the Jefferson Memorial. They wanted to take out Thomas Jefferson. I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think we're going to let that happen. But we passed it. It was a very old law. And we found it. One of my very good legal people, along with Stephen Miller, they found it. They said, sir, I don't know if you want to try and bring this back. I said, I do. (laughs) And as soon as we passed it, that was the end. They just stopped. It's amazing. It's a miracle. We banned transgender insanity from our military. (laughs) And signed the world's first ban on critical race theory long before anybody had even heard of the term. It was all banned. everything was good. When Biden came back in, this guy came in and he put everything right back in place where it was. We were paying these people hundreds of thousands of dollars a year in salary, among our highest paid people to teach all of this nonsense to our military yet. But it was all out, it was all done. There's only one President in history who has ever taken on the entire corrupt establishment in Washington. And when we win in 2024, we will do it again, even stronger, faster, and better, because... Experienced and I know the people of Washington. I didn't know them. I was from New York. I only came here 17 times, they said. I read that in the fake news, so probably it's not true, but <laughs> it's the best I could do. And I never stayed over. I was from New York. But I now know the good ones, the bad ones, the weak ones, the strong ones. I know them all. I know the people that have to do the job and can do the job. A lot of them are in this room right now. And as I did for four incredible years, I will put America first every single time, every single day. From the beginning, we have been attacked by a sick and sinister opposition, the radical left, communists, the bureaucrats, The fake news media, the big money, special interests, the corrupt Democrat prosecutors. Oh, they're after me for so many things. Oh, those prosecutors. Some are racists. Some hate our country. They all hate me. They'll get me for anything, anything. You put a comma in this paragraph. Why did you do that? I don't really know. The partisan and often corrupt intelligence agencies, the George Soros money machine that spends a lot of money on the prosecutors, by the way. The Antifa thugs who are allowed to roam the streets while we have people that in many cases are great patriots, great, great patriots, saying prayers every night, playing our national anthem every day, and they're sitting in a jail nearby, rotting away, and being treated so unfairly, like nobody's probably ever been treated in this country before, except maybe me. And Marjorie, you've been so fantastic on that issue. Where's Marjorie? You've been so fantastic on that issue. People that love our country, people that love our country have been so great on that issue. And the perverts who use the names of Washington and Lincoln to buy millions of dollars in ads to say, man, Big win. Thank you. Our enemies are lunatics and maniacs. They cannot stand that they do not own me. I don't need them. I don't need anything about them. I don't need their money. They cannot steer me. They cannot shake me. And they will never, ever control me. And they will never, ever, therefore, control you. At the end of the day, anyone else will be intimidated, bought off, blackmailed, or ripped to shreds. I alone will never retreat. And that is why we must stand together and charge. We have to charge full speed ahead. You know, I had a beautiful life before I did this. I lived in luxury. I had everything. People said to me, are you sure you want to do it, sir? I said, oh, this will be so amazing. What the hell did you get me into? I didn't know the word subpoena. I didn't know the word grand jury. Those words, grand jury. I didn't know that they want to lynch you for doing nothing wrong. I didn't know they want to lynch you for doing a great job. I didn't know they want to put you away because your poll numbers are better than anybody they've seen in years. And then then they they go with the the disinformation campaign. First of all, we're leading every Republican by massive numbers. And very importantly, perhaps more importantly, we're leading Biden by a lot. And we're leading Kamala by a lot. And every every time time the the polls go up higher and higher, the prosecutors get crazier and crazier. We got to stop these guys. He says, we have to stop Trump now. We got to stop him now because we can't stop him at the ballot box. You know, they tried that in 2016. How did that work out? Not too good. And we actually, and I have to say this, I hope Fox doesn't turn off, but we did much better in 2020 than we did in 2016. (laughs) But we have no choice. If we don't do this, our country will be lost forever. People are tired of rhinos and globalists. They want to see America first. That's what they want. It's not too complicated. This is the final battle. They know it. I know it. You know it. Everybody knows it. This is it. Either they win or we win. And if they win, we no longer have a country. And I promise you this. If you put me back in the White House, that beautiful building, but I live in very beautiful buildings. It's not that reason. Beautiful. That building wasn't the easiest building to live in with what I was put through. And, you know, I get a lot of credit. A lot of people say, how do you do it, sir? I had a man come up to me the other day, one of the toughest, strongest people that you can imagine. You all know his name, big businessman, a lot of money, a lot of success, tough as hell. He said, could I ask you a question, President? What? A friend of mine used to call me Donald. Now he calls me President. <laughs> could I ask you a question, President? What? How do you do it? How do you do it? Every day, they send you subpoenas. Every day, they're after you. They're looking to take you down at levels that nobody's ever put up with before. Seven years I've gone through this. We beat them all, but it continues. And he said to me, seriously, how do you do it? I could never do it. This is one of the toughest guys. I said, maybe you could. He said, nope, I couldn't do it. I couldn't get out of bed in the morning. But I do it for you, and that's what I'm doing it for. I do it for you. And if you put me back in the White House, their reign is over. Their reign will be over. And they know it. And America will be a free nation once again. We're not a free nation right now. We don't have free press. We don't have free anything. In 2016, I declared, I am your voice. Today, I add, I am your warrior. I am your justice. And for those who have been wronged and betrayed, I am your retribution. I am your retribution. Not gonna let happen. I will totally obliterate the deep state. I will fire. I will fire the unelected bureaucrats and shadow forces who have weaponized our justice system like it has never been weaponized before. Sick. These are sick people. And I will put the people back in charge of this country again. The people will be back in charge of our country. The Biden administration is the most corrupt administration in American history. Hunter Biden is a criminal and nothing happened to him. Nothing happened. Joe Biden is a criminal and nothing ever seems to happen to him. Because, you know, say what you want, but the Democrats stick together. They don't have Mitt Romney. They don't have guys like that. They, they stick together. How's, How's Mitt Romney doing? Not, not too good. good. <laughs> I, can I can name plenty him. of others, too. But they do stick together, whether you like them or not. And many of us don't, but maybe someday we get together. You know, a question was asked of me just before COVID came in. They said, the country is coming together. Do you think this is real? And I said to myself, it is real. It's amazing. I was getting calls from radical left people, the nicest calls. It's amazing because we had the best employment numbers in history. We had the best economy in history. We were lapping China. China was supposed to have taken over as the world's largest economy, and we were actually increasing at a level that nobody thought possible. We were doing great. And then you had COVID come in, and a lot of things had to happen, and we did a great job. We never got the credit for that job, but we did a great job with COVID, and then gave back something very strong. But we were really bringing this country together. Had COVID not come in, I think you would have had a much different — because a lot of people want to know, can we all get along together? And I — if I didn't have that experience, I would say no, because the, you know, the thought process is so so different. But we were starting to really get along. And then we had the disaster as the — as I call it, the China virus, because I want to be — I want to be open, and I want to be — I want to be accurate. But Biden openly held back a billion-dollar taxpayer, old taxpayer money, for the government of Ukraine. Remember he said, until they fired a prosecutor when they fired that prosecutor. And this prosecutor was after Hunter and the company that was paying him a fortune of money. Remember Joe Biden stood up and said, and I looked at them and I said, you're not getting that billion dollars. You're not, get- until you get rid of the, I can't believe he did that. Can you imagine if I did that? (laughs) I wouldn't be here right Right now, now. I suspect. And nobody picks it up. Nobody wants to pick it up. It doesn't get any worse. doesn't get any worse than that. Although, maybe it does. It's called the laptop from hell. That gets (laughs) me. And And they they go after me over and over again about something that's not even a crime. They make up Russia, 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 which was a plan made up by crooked Hillary Clinton, Adam Shifty Schiff and the Democrats, the DNC. They, they made up a fake phone call. They took a phone call that was perfect and they pretended that I said things that weren't even in there. They actually imitated. Remember Schiff? He stood up in Congress and he repeated the call like I was a gangster over and over again, quid pro quo. Remember the term, quid pro quo? But it wasn't. I called downstairs at the White House. I said, listen, do we have that call taped? Because there's no way I said those things. And they called back and tell me, yes, sir, we do, essentially, we had transcripts of the call. Thank goodness we had transcripts, because these guys were, they're sick. They're sick people, and they were looking to do a number. I'll tell you how bad they are. So." And I tell this story seldom, but it's a strong story, Monica. Thank you very much for the great job you do, by the way. What a defender she is. But they're so bad. So they come up with this Russia, Russia, Russia hoax. And they know it's a hoax. They know it's a hoax. I know it's a hoax, too. But they know it's a hoax. And Adam Schiff comes out from a very secretive room. Intelligence Committee or whatever and he meets the press right in front the press is going crazy They're going crazy because they'll do anything to hurt Trump anything. They're evil people in many cases some cases They're great people, but a lot of evil people and he stands up before a microphone now This is a man Who knows? It's a fake story Russia Russia Russia. I had not they checked six years of phone calls millions of calls were made from my office that one call to Russia Not one call, they were surprised. They weren't surprised, but some people were surprised. But he stood up before the microphones and he said, Donald Trump Jr. will go to prison for what he has done with Russia. My son, my son is gonna go to prison. He said, my son's going to go to prison for what he's done with Russia. And my son didn't have anything to do with it. And he knew it was a fake story. And when it was finally revealed, now the Times, the Washington Post, they all admit it was a fake story. We're trying to get the Pulitzer Prize taken away. They got Pulitzer Prizes. We're suing. You know what the prize says? For its concise and accurate reporting on the Russia, Russia, Russia event. And they have it actually totally wrong. Actually, Mark Levin should get a prize. And Greg Jarrett. Greg Jarrett should get it. his deal. Sean Hannity should get a prize. And frankly, Jesse should get a a prize. Jesse should. And a lot of people, and I tell you, you know who should get a prize? Tucker should get a prize. Tucker. And we have numerous writers that you get it. But the ones that got it were the New York Times, certain reporters from the New York Times, and certain reporters from the Washington Post. They got the Pulitzer Prize, and they were exactly wrong. And now they've even admitted that it was a hoax. It was a total hoax, and they got the prize. But how bad is a person that stands before a big gaggle of press, and they just can't get enough, and says that my son is going to prison for something that he knows was a hoax. Only a really bad person would do that. But they then came in with Ukraine, Ukraine, Ukraine. The Mueller hoax. How did Mueller present himself? At the hearings, it wasn't too pretty. But you know what? I'll say this, at least they came to the right conclusion. Because I was concerned they'd come to the conclusion. I think we have prosecutors now. They don't give a damn if you're They're looking at me in Atlanta on a perfect phone call. I said, even more perfect than my perfect call to Ukraine. That was a perfect call. This is even more perfect. By the way, where's Hunter? Where is Hunter? Remember? Where's Hunter? Will there ever be a time when Joe Biden says, this thing with Hunter just isn't working out well? I'm starting to get a little angry at Hunter. Or when Hunter comes to him and says, Dad. Dad, we have a problem. What? What is it, son? Another one? Oh, son, you're a disaster, son. Son, you're a disaster. Dad, we have a problem. I left my laptop at the repair shop. And Joe looks at him and says, what's on it, son? What's on it? And Hunter looks back and he says, every single crime that you've ever committed, Dad. is called the laptop from hell and miranda Devine did a great book on that and she actually thanked me she said i got the name from trump trump i got she told me she said i want to thank you for the name i said no charge but she did she did a great job great book the laptop from hell if i so much as fly over a blue state They do so many bad things, it's just crazy. The racist Manhattan district attorney, Alvin Bragg, who is presiding over one of the most dangerous and violent cities in the United States. You have to see this, the United States, where killings are taking place at a number like nobody's ever seen, right in Manhattan. And he's doing nothing about it, nothing whatsoever. No cash bail for people that just kill people, knife them in the back, hit them over the head with a baseball bat, push them into subways when the train is right there. But this racist DA is being pushed by radical left Democrats, the fake news media, and the Department of Injustice (laughs) to bring charges against me for now ancient no-affair story of. Stormy Horseface Daniels, no attraction, no No affair, affair, I call it no affair, where there is no crime anyway, and charges have never been brought in such a case before. And this case has been looked by every prosecutor. They're all looking. They looked at it for years now. She was represented by Michael Avenatti. How's he doing? He's now in jail. And the whole thing is a complete con job. And she was ordered to pay me a federal court order this hundreds of thousands of dollars. But they're still looking at it. They're still looking. And all they do is they cause anger and problems for our country because our people aren't going to take this stuff. It never ends. In the meantime, Hunter and Joe Biden skate. You know, they skate. They go. They go away free. What's going on with that? I mean, that laptop is a disaster. Has anyone read this thing? How, how can it be possible? They're looking in Delaware. How's he doing? He's not the same guy that I have for the document hooks. I have a man. He's a total animal. Known to be. And he's looking, looking, looking. In the meantime, Biden's guy that's looking, looking, looking. Don't forget, I had a very strong privilege as president. I was able to do things that he wasn't able to do as vice president and wasn't able to do as a senator. The Senate, even the Senate, they can't believe it. The Senate cannot believe it. But when you look at what happened, they're not even looking at him. They haven't even started. Congress and various radical left Democrat prosecutors, in an effort to stop me, go to the Supreme Court twice. They went twice, and the Supreme Court, in a moment of total weakness, gives them everything they want in order to try and prosecute Trump everything. Thank you very much Supreme Court. I appreciate it. But they found nothing. They looked at 11 million pages of documents. It's a big company. It's a great company. Remember my taxes? We're after his taxes. 5 years I heard about my taxes. They came out about 2 months ago. Everyone said, "Wow, it's a great company he built. That's great." That's the end of it. No, right? And you, you know I the biggest and most prestigious, one of them at least, law firms, accounting firms doing all this stuff. I don't do it. They do it. You rely on these people. They do it. But I didn't hear one word. And how stupid am I telling you this story right now? Because now they, we got to find something in there. He made a typographical error. There's a revolution going on within the FBI because they don't want to be doing what they're being told to do because they know right from wrong. I'm talking about the people that work in the FBI. And they like me and they like you a lot. So many of them. A recent article in the Washington Post of all papers stated very succinctly that many did not want to raid Mar-a-Lago. They didn't want the agents. They said, that's terrible. But they were forced to do so by their Marxist radical left leadership. And it drove my popularity numbers through the roof. Who would think this? I got impeached, and I went up 11 points. It's not supposed to work. Mark, when Nixon got impeached, it went down, right? It was a spiral down. He couldn't stop it. I got impeached, we went up. But the FBI people, they didn't want to do this. To those in the FBI that are with us, I want to thank you very much. I really okay? do. I want to thank you. Stay strong. Stay strong. Help is coming. Then there's the racist DA from Atlanta, whose city is among the most violent and dangerous places per capita in the country. More murders than even Chicago, per capita. It's totally out of control, and yet she has her kangaroo court focused on a perfect phone call that I made, while her jury foreman, a rather bizarre young woman, is going around doing media interviews and saying exactly what's going on in this one of many grand juries our opponents do anything they can to hurt me politically because they're afraid of me and they're afraid of you that's what it is but it's it's not supposed to work that way the disinformation people say they are great at disinformation The one we want to run against is Trump. Do you ever hear that? Oh, we want to run against Trump. Even though I'm leading every one of these guys, and even though I won the second election, okay, I won it by a lot. You know, when they say, when they say, Biden won, the the smart people know that, didn't they? But right now, we're way up. But they say, oh, we want to run against Trump. They always say that. They say that about everybody. When they have somebody that they don't want to run against, a governor a senator, they say we want to run against because it's like demeaning. You know, in other words, like you're supposed to be a shlemiel that I Mean I got 75 million votes. I got more votes than any sitting president in history the second time and we really did We did a much better job than we did in 2016 2020 we did better than 2016 but they say we want to run against Trump in the meantime They're spending hundreds of millions of dollars trying to find just a single word a sentence, anything to prosecute Trump because they don't want to run against me. That's what they say. We want to run against Trump. We'll do anything to run against Trump. Uh, they have the greatest line of bullshit of any group of people I've ever seen. Want to run against? Trump. But But at at the the same same time, they send people from the Justice Department to the local DA's office in Manhattan. Do you know the Justice Department sent their top people to the Manhattan DA's office to help in the prosecution of Trump? This way, we have it a little bit away from Washington. It's local. Oh, we had nothing to do. But their top guy was put in that office to help prosecute Trump. How would you like to have my life? Would anybody like my life? (laughs) But I still still like like it. it. (laughs) But they want to try and find anything they can. When they've already been exonerated, I've been exonerated many times. You take a look at what this means, I mean, time after time. But all of this is happening for one single reason. They know that when we return to power, we will bring their lies and their corruption and their disinformation tumbling down. is their worst nightmare. But it is our country's only hope. It's our only hope. If we don't get back, now, this country can't take it. Even the two years, and now, fortunately, it's less than that. It's hard to believe it's less. You used to say four years. A lot of people said, well, sir, the election was so bad, you'll be in, in one year. A lot of people in this room, you'll be back in six weeks, sir. But it's a bad system in many ways. Very bad, very dangerous system. But nobody else can do it but us. In recent weeks, I've been laying out a bold, detailed agenda for how we're going to complete this mission in our next term. I do weekly statements, and people are liking them. Today, I want to go through some of our big plans that I will do as the 47th President of the United States. Top of my list will be stopping the slide into costly and never-ending wars. We've got to stop it. Can't keep spending hundreds of billions of dollars protecting people that don't even like us. Now, you know, in business, if you did that, what you do is you put up the money and then you say, But listen, we own half your country in case you win. You know, you take a piece of the upside, right? We get nothing. In fact, the opposite. We put up the money, and then after it's finished, assuming it's successful, let's say it's successful, they don't want to even talk to us. Nope, you have nothing to do with us. Get out of here! You have nothing, no, no, in business you put up money, seed money, call it whatever you want. You end up owning the country by the time it's over. And the only reason they're doing well is we're giving them the greatest equipment that I bought, the greatest equipment (laughs) ever made. And the only reason they're doing well with NATO is I raised $440 billion from countries that weren't paying anything. And the The Secretary Secretary General Stoltenberg, a good man, he said it's one of the greatest jobs I've ever seen. I hope he still says that, but uh, one of the greatest jobs. He said Obama would come and make a speech. Bush would come, make a speech, and then they'd leave. I came, I looked, I said, man, these people aren't paying. We're paying for the whole thing, practically. Of the 28 countries at the time, only eight were paid up. 20 weren't, including Germany. They paid a fraction of what they were supposed to be paying. And I said to him, either you pay or we're not going to protect you. And a man stood up, a president of a country stood up, and he said, sir, could I ask you a question? This was around table with nobody in the room but the presidents, prime ministers, and dictators, okay? Some of them are all the same. (laughs) But they stood up, and he stood up and said, sir, could I ask you a question? Uh, If we don't pay up, and if we get attacked by Russia, will you protect us, sir? I said, "Now you're not paid up, right? That's right. You're delinquent, right? Yes, I will not protect you from Russia. Sir, we'll send you a check tomorrow, sir." sir. We'll send, send you a, a check. check tomorrow. Yeah. It It'll will be, be sent, sent by, by overnight it. mail, sir. I promise you'll have it tomorrow. Now, if I said, like the stupid politicians say, absolutely, we'll be, you know, Article five, six, seven, eight, nine, well, you're supposed to do it. But those articles all suppose that you're supposed to be paid up. But let's say I said the opposite. Let's, yes, we will always protect you. And I took a lot of heat. Cause they said, I'm not a good member. Actually, NATO wouldn't even exist if I didn't get them to pay up, but they paid up $449 billion or something, and that's the money they use. They're rich as hell right now. They spent an office building that cost $3 billion. It's like a skyscraper in Manhattan laid on its side. It's one of the longest buildings I've ever seen. And I said, you should have, instead of spending $3 billion, you should have spent million building, the greatest bunker you've ever seen, because Russia wouldn't even need an airplane attack. One tank, one shot through that beautiful glass building, and it's gone. Same architect I used in Chicago, great architects, but they didn't have war in mind. But when things happened, that building would be gone in about 15 minutes. They should have spent a $500 million bunker, nice thick ceiling, six inches, six feet of concrete. And by the way, we have a great gentleman speaking of China. Will you please stand up? Gordon, stand up, please. Gordon, stand You know, I'm talking a lot about China, and I'm looking over, I'm saying him, and I'm just studying his face as I'm speaking, because people do like me to go off script a little bit, right? It's a little bit more risky, but it's more exciting. And I'm looking at Gordon and I'm saying, you know, I hope he agrees with what I'm saying, but basically I'm saying exactly what you say. They're not out for our good, are they? They're not out for our good. And nobody ever taxed them like I did and nobody ever took any money in like I did. 440 billion, we took in, we took in so much money from China. It's so incredible. So I just, it's an honor to have you here, really it is. I agree with almost everything you said. Almost everything. Great. Thank you very much. Thank you, madam. Thank you very much. Great job, both of you. I was the only President in decades that didn't have a war, but I completed wars that were already started, including defeating 100 percent of the ISIS caliphate. I was also the only President where Russia didn't take over a country during my term. Russia Russia took over, because I got along with Vladimir Putin very well. I say, Vladimir, don't do it. You know, you and I are friends, don't take over any countries, because, you know, (laughs) Moscow will be hit very hard. I told him things. He probably didn't believe it, but you know what? He believed it 10 percent. And President Xi believed it when I talked about Beijing. He probably said, I don't believe him, but there's a 10 percent chance we're not going to do anything. It's true. It's true. You have no idea. These conversations, I wish they could have been recorded, actually. People would think a lot of me. But with Bush, they invaded Georgia, right? With Obama, they took Crimea. With Biden, they're trying to take everything. And he won't even know they took it. Nothing. And I didn't really even have to threaten them very much. They understood me very well. I wanted them to understand me very well. They knew that they couldn't do it. Putin knew that. President Xi knew it, too. Likewise, China now has its eyes strongly focused on Taiwan. And we could soon have a nuclear-armed Iran. That's the saddest thing of all, though, when we talk about Iran. That's the saddest thing when you see I had them in a box. I said to China, you can't buy any oil from Iran. They said, no, no, we have to buy. We buy, we buy millions of barrels here. And I said, you can't buy. You have to buy from somebody else. No, no, we'll buy. I said, good. We're not going to do any more trading with China. We're going cold turkey. We will promise you not to buy from Iran, okay? That was the end of that. You know, that was a conversation I had. I said, if you buy from Iran any oil, we're not going to do any business or If for some reason we do, we're going to put 100% tariff on every single thing that you sell into the United States. And they didn't buy any oil, and nobody was buying oil, and they were in a position, had the election not turned out the way it did, they were in a position where uh, they were going to give us everything. We were going to make a great deal. But now they're rich again. China is buying unlimited amounts of oil from Iran unlimited amounts and other places. And we've done something else that's terrible. From the time I'm a young man, I learned, never allow Russia and China to get together to wed. Never, ever allow it. And we've not only allowed it, we've made them bosom buddies. We've made them — we forced them together. And you can add another group in there, a nuclear-armed Iran. So the three of them are now together. That should have never been allowed to happen, would have never happened with me. And it was all over oil, our stupid oil policy. We're not going to drill. We have more oil in the United States than any country in the world, including Saudi Arabia. People don't realize it. In Alaska, I approved a site. We all know what the site is. Probably the biggest in the world. and. The Democrats said, no, it's over. They turned it down. Ronald Reagan tried to do it. Every president, Republican, and some Democrats tried to do it. They couldn't get it done. I got it done. And the first day in office, the secretary of the interior for Biden signed off on it, where they're going to not allow it to happen, bigger probably than Saudi Arabia. And if we had that. Without even my talking to Putin, oil would have been at $40, $35, maybe $30 a barrel. So he wouldn't have even had the money to prosecute a war against Ukraine. He wouldn't have done it anyway, but and that's not even what I'm saying from previous, but he wouldn't have had the money even if he wanted to. Ukraine would have been thriving. There would have been no dead people, and there would have been no obliterated cities that can never be rebuilt. Never rebuild those cities. Russia never would have pulled the trigger. This is the most dangerous time in the history of our country, and Joe Biden is leading us into oblivion. He's leading us into oblivion. You know, we all smile when he falls downstairs and things. It's cute. <laughs> when, he when he falls off, off his bicycle, bicycle. <laughs> isn't this cute? Cool? You know what amazed me that the reporters didn't catch him when the bike was going down? They're standing right next to him, they let him fall. Amazing. I'm, I'm surprised. surprised, but when he makes statements that are so bad, when he gets out of Afghanistan and takes the soldiers, takes figure that takes the soldiers out first, and you know, in Afghanistan, for 18 months, I had a talk with Abdul, who was the leader of Afghanistan. I said, Abdul, oh, I got a lot of criticism. Remember when I was talking to him? Everyone said, oh, he's talking to. The leader of the Taliban, that's right, because our our soldiers were being killed, a lot of them, by snipers. And I didn't want that. I don't want to deal with the problems. And I don't want to talk to the mothers and fathers, who I would speak to a lot. I don't want to talk to them and tell them their son was shot through the head from 2,000 yards away by a sharpshooter. They have very good sharpshooters. So I spoke to this man. His name was Abdul, and I said, Abdul, Don't kill any more of our soldiers, because if you kill our soldiers, we're going to hit you harder than any country has ever been hit in the history of the world. he called me Your Excellency, he was, you know, I got along, he's still there, he's still, the, he's still the leader of the Taliban, but now he's got $85 billion worth of our equipment that I bought. <laughs> Eighty-five billion. I said to General Milley, I want every piece of equipment, sir, I think it would be cheaper to leave it behind, sir. That's when I lost faith. That and when he didn't like me holding up a Bible in front of a church, I said, this guy's not with us, this is not a, this is not a smart guy. But he didn't like it. I said. I want every single — because I was getting out of — but I would have kept Bagram, because Bagram's one hour away from where China — forget about Afghanistan, where China makes its nuclear weapons — one hour away! The biggest, most powerful runways in the world. We built it many years ago for tens of billions of dollars, and we gave it away one night. We just left left the lights on. We did leave the dogs behind. Everyone says, oh, did they take the dogs? Because they're dog lovers, right? No, we left the dogs behind. And the Taliban doesn't like dogs, by the way, not at all. But we, we left in disgrace. It was the most embarrassing moment in the history of our country, in my opinion. And it probably is what caused Putin to say, wow, Trump is gone. This is a great time to take over Ukraine, right? It's probably a reason that that happened. But I stand here today, and I'm the only candidate who can make this promise. I will prevent, and very easily, World War III. Very easily. And you're going to have World War III, by the way. You're going to have World War III. If something doesn't happen fast, you're going to have World War III. And by the way, just to conclude that little story, When Abdul heard me say that, he said, Your Excellency, thank you so much for telling me that. He said, but why, but why? I thought it was a very interesting play in words. I've never heard it. I use it now sometimes myself. I liked it. He said, but why, but why, Mr. President, do you send me pictures of my home? I said, you'll have to ask your wives that question. And we didn't have, Mark will tell you this, we didn't have one soldier killed. In 18 months, not one soldier was killed. Not one soldier, right? In fact, it was so good that the media didn't mind that I called. I took a lot of heat, tremendous heat. Why do you call him? I said, well, you know, they asked Jesse James, the great bank robber from many years ago, why is it that you robbed banks? Why do you always go after banks? And he looked at him and he says, because that's where the money is. Well, I spoke to Abdul because that's where the problem was. But we won 18 months until that horrible day when we lost 13 soldiers. And you know, the thing that nobody ever talks about, we lost 13, we lost $85 billion worth of the greatest military equipment in the world. Goggles, night goggles that are so good, so sophisticated, better than anything we have, brand new, never even taken out of the box. And you know, the Afghans, and and they're actually very good, the Taliban are good fighters, Afghan, because it's really very much the same thing, frankly. They didn't fight good for us, but they fought They fought good for themselves, and they took a lot of money from us. I asked General Mattis, I said, you know, we got to get out of there. They've been there for 20 years. we got to get out of there. Sir, they're fighting for their country, sir. I said, hmm, that's right. I guess they are. Then about two days later, I was thinking about it. I said, I don't know why, because, you know, we had more uh, blue on green, green on blue, where they'd get their gun and then they'd shoot or master sergeants and our sergeants that are training them. I said, why are they fighting for us if we've never had this problem to the extent that we had it? But he said that. He said, they're fighting. And I said, are we paying them a lot of money to fight? And I had it checked. Yeah, we were paying billions and billions and billions of dollars to these Afghan soldiers. Tens of billions of dollars. I said, they're not fighting, General. I called them back in. They're not fighting because they love us or they love their country. They're fighting because they're the highest paid soldiers in the world. We're basically bribing them to fight. And they didn't fight, but the Taliban did fight. Same people, but the Taliban did fight. But they didn't kill anybody for 18 months. I'm very proud. In fact, Biden got up and he actually said that. They didn't kill anybody, I will say that. They didn't kill anybody for 18 months. And you know what happened? His people start screaming, don't say that because that's a good thing for us. But then when we left, we lost, we lost soldiers, 13 killed. But what they don't talk about, they talk about the equipment, they talk about the fact that there are still to this day a lot of Americans in there that we've lost contact with. It's a rough place. But they don't talk about the fact that many of these soldiers were absolutely destroyed. Destroyed. They lost their arms. They lost their legs, they had their face blown off, and they were absolutely destroyed. And they don't talk about that. They don't talk about it. And it's uh, it's very sad because these people, many of them, we lost 13, they died. But nobody ever talks about the gravity of the injuries to these soldiers, and it's a very sad thing. I got it down to 2,500 people. I was the one that got it down. But we were going to get out with dignity, with strength. We were going to be respected and admired. And I could just see Abdul. They took out the soldiers first. You don't take the soldiers first. You take the soldiers out last. You get the Americans out first, because they feared our soldiers. They feared our soldiers. They feared the F-16s. And now they own them. (laughs) Think of it. You get the soldiers And they go out last. You take our American citizens out. You then take our equipment out. And Millie said to me, sir, it's cheaper to leave the equipment than it is to take it out. I said, let me ask you, General. So we have a plane that costs a hundred million dollars, brand new. You want to leave? Yes, sir. It's cheaper, sir. I thought he was, you know, another April Fool's deal, right? I thought (laughs) I said, said, no, no, General, General, you you fill fill it up with a tank of jet fuel. You fly it back home, or, at a minimum, you fly it into Pakistan or some semi-friendly country, and you take it from there, right? No, sir. I actually told them, I want the tents. You know, the tents they have big canvas, incredible tents. with the. St- I want every piece of steel, I want every screw, I want every nut, I want every bolt, I want every tractor, I want every jeep. You know what they did? They left 700,000 rifles and guns, 700,000. They left 70,000 vehicles, 70,000, many of them brand new, many of them armor plated, where they have six inches of steel in the bottom. Cost you millions of dollars to build. And they left that all behind. There's not a car company, used car lot, new car lot, anywhere in the world that would have 70,000 vehicles. I said to a friend of mine who's one of the Arigo in Florida, great guy, I said, how many cars? He's, I think he's like the biggest in Florida. They sold, they did very well, thank you. But the biggest. I said, how many cars would you have? Oh, I don't know, a couple of hundred extra, a couple of hundred. And he's like, a big one, real big one, run, runs a great operation, 70,000 vehicles. So now I read the other day that the Taliban, that Afghanistan, is the second largest seller of arms anywhere in the world because they're selling everything that we gave them. And by the way, as I'm speaking, do I see cash? Is that cash? Ooh, my eyes are better than I thought. Is that cash? Mm. And is that Rick Grinnell? Check with Gordon, and her. I better check this audience a little more closely. I'm going to miss a lot of people in here. Great, two real patriots—they really are two great people. Thank you very much. But they're the second largest to us. There's the second largest arms dealer in the world. They're selling off all the beautiful, brand new equipment we gave them—the Apache helicopter, which is the best in the world. They gave one to Russia. Gave it. They gave one to China. And they're very good. They take it apart and they reduplicate it. They take it apart, they reduplicate it because they've never been able to build one like we have. Now they're able to do it because they're very smart, actually. Before I even arrive at the Oval Office, I will have the disastrous war between Russia and Ukraine settled. It will be settled quickly, quickly. I will get the problem solved and I will get it solved in rapid order, and it will take me no longer than one day. I know exactly what to say to each of them. I got along with very well with them. I got along very well with Putin, even though I'm the one that ended his pipeline. Remember, they said, Trump is giving a lot to Russia, really? Putin actually said to me, if you're my friend, I'd hate like hell to see you as my enemy. Because I ended the pipeline, right? Do you remember? Nord Stream 2, nobody ever heard of it, Rick, right? Nobody ever heard of Nord Stream 2 until I came along. I started talking about Nord Stream 2. I had to go call it the pipeline because nobody knew what I was talking about. But I ended it. It was dead. I told every company that had sucked into it that you're not doing business with the United States of America if you go forward and allow this to be built. It was done. On day one, Biden came in, and this is the biggest economic development project. This is the most important project that Russia has. On day one, this is the biggest money they could ever make. There's nothing they could ever do to compete with this. This is the biggest pipeline in the world. Going to supply Europe, Germany in particular. On day one, Biden came in. And what did he do? He approved the Nord Stream pipeline. And then they'd say Trump was soft on Russia. I was the one that gave 1,000 javelins, that's the anti take busters, and they are vicious because I looked at those tanks, and they ended up—they got hit one shot, and that was the end of that. That you wouldn't want to be in those tanks. But I was the one that supplied the javelins. They supplied the bed sheets. Do you remember? They supplied the bed sheets, and maybe even some pillows from Mike, who's sitting right over here. Where the hell is Mike? Did you send some pillows over there? Maybe. But they supplied the bed sheets; they call it. We supplied the sheets. They didn't want to get involved. I gave the javelins, and then they say Trump was weak on Russia. His spending and his borrowing are at record levels. It's causing historic inflation, sir, which is only going to get worse and worse. He, sir, he just called me before I got. I said, I don't want to say this, Larry. It's only going to get worse and worse. It's driving up interest rates, and new cars and homes are going to be impossible to buy. Amidst this economic disaster, Biden talks about saving you a few dollars on some junk fees. Don't mean anything. By defeating Joe Biden, I will save your economy, I will save your retirement accounts, and I will save your jobs. We had the greatest job history of any president ever. I will create a true national trade policy like the kind that made America the world's economic powerhouse. What we were doing prior to the Dust coming in from China was — nobody's ever seen it. There's never been anything like it. That period of two and a half years was — there's never been anything like it. And I'll tell foreign nations, where we spend billions of dollars on military protection, that if American products do not receive preferential treatment in their markets, our military is packed up and leaving. Which some countries, I did that with. Usually, it took a phone call, and everything was just fine. Because economic security is national security. I will revoke China's most favored nation's trade status immediately under And I will implement a four-year plan to phase out all Chinese imports of essential goods and gain total independence from China. We have to do it. We have to do I will hold China financially accountable for unleashing the China virus upon the world. And I will again withdraw from the WHO, which stands for We Hide Outbreaks. We Hide Outbreaks. The United States was paying I think this is important because, again, it's so much common sense involved. The United States was paying the World Health Organization $450 million a year. Now in terms of money and the kind of trillions and trillions we're talking about, it's not that much, but it's still $450 million a year. And I took them out. That's what it was. The price was 450, and that's for 350 million people. China was paying $39 million a year for 1.4 billion people. Doesn't sound too right. And they had total control, by the way. We had no control, they literally own it. When I withdrew from the WHO, they offered me to stay in, please don't leave, please, 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 for what China pays. They said, we'll bring it down to 39 million. I was actually close to doing this deal, if you want to know the truth, but I would have had it. You would have been angry at me. I said, I don't have, I don't want to have CPAC angry at me. (laughs) But But I might might have have gone back in. But I could have done it for 39. I could have probably done it for less than that. But now Biden has gone back for the full price of $450 million. Now, all he has to do is read the newspapers. They were begging me to come back in for 39 million. So why would you pay? $450 $450 million. Do you, you understand, understand that? Gordon, Gordon, you, you understand? understand? That? How crazy. So China's in for 39. They're saying, you're right, it's unfair. It's unfair. We will do it for 39. We will take you back. The headband, you know who that is? We will take you back. Then I started to say, actually, it should be much less. It should be like five or six million, right? But I didn't want to go there. We will take you back for 39 million. You're right, President. I said, well, we'll think about it. We'll see what happens. But the offer will remain open, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. They went back in for the original amount. It's so sad. And we have no control, by the way. China controls WHO. So that's what it does. WHO is totally controlled by China. We could have saved $400 million a year. It's a lot of money. And now they're asking for even more dictatorial power and more and more and more of our money, but they're getting nothing more from China. When we're dealing with the Biden administration, it seems that every single day is April Fool's Day. Every day. They want an open border so that anybody can come in and everybody else wants it to be closed. It's April Fool's. We want an open border. That's April Fool's. We want voter ID. They don't want voter ID. Who wouldn't want voter ID? 88% of the Democrats, except for the leadership, because they can't cheat with voter ID, but 88% of the Democrats want voter ID. But they don't want voter ID. It's April Fool's Day. They want to take the soldiers out of Afghanistan before we take our people and equipment out. But we want the soldiers to come out last. So then they blow it into a catastrophe, the most embarrassing event in the history of our country. It's April Fool's Day. They want all-electric cars that don't go very far. I have and a friend, who bought money. a car, he said, the car's wonderful, but you know, I go for an hour and a half and I got to put a charger and I can't find the charger, I'm going crazy. <laughs> and also all the batteries and everything, the material comes all out of China. We have oil and gas, but we don't want the oil and gas cars. But we want everything, including electric cars, but we also want gasoline because the cars go longer and they are preferred by many people. that have stopped for two and a half hours. It's April Fools. (laughs) They want all electric stoves all over the country, but we don't have the electric power for that. And we want electric stoves, but we also want gas stoves. It's April Fools. Why Why do they want that? that? They want windmills all over the place that ruin our fields, kill our birds, and are very unreliable, and are the most expensive energy ever developed. We want oil, gasoline, natural gas, because it's cheaper, better, and much more powerful. It's April Fool's Day. Under my leadership, we will regain energy independence that we had three years ago. We were on our way to massive energy dominance. We would have been paying off our debt Because energy is big numbers. It's not like you're selling a little product. You're selling the biggest product of all is energy. We would have been paying off our debt. We would have been the strongest. You know, we were going to be, we're already bigger, under my administration, bigger than Saudi Arabia or Russia. We were going to be much bigger than both of them combined. Within about a year, we would have made the kind of money they're making times five. And we would have been paying off debt, and we would have been reducing taxes, and it would have been a beautiful thing. But they came in and they said, we don't want that. I will fight for a constitutional amendment to impose term limits on members of Congress. And I will move heaven and earth to fully and finally secure our elections. All Republican governors should immediately go for paper ballots, one-day voting, and voter ID. And the problem we have is we have governors, and some of them we like, and some of them we don't. But they're all talk. Think of it. They control the state. And we have a lot of governors They should go for that. Paper ballots, same-day voting. You know, France had 37 million people voting. They voted in one day, and at 10.30 in the evening, they called the winner. There were no problems. They had paper ballots, same-day voting, voter ID. And they only had a little mail-in, and we would have this too, for soldiers that are very far away or people that are legitimately sick. Okay? Legitimately, as opposed to millions and millions of ballots flooding the offices. They used COVID to cheat. But until that day comes, Republicans must compete using every lawful means to win. That means swamping the left with mail-in votes, early votes, and Election Day votes. Have to do it. We have to change our thinking. Because some bad things happened. You know, uh, we like, for some reason, Republicans like to vote on Election Day, right? The problem is, you get there, and they have so many already started. But worse, if you take a look at Carry Lake in Arizona, where they waited and waited. Don't vote now. Wait till Tuesday. Wait till Tuesday. Wait till Tuesday. And in the Republican areas, A tremendous percentage of the machines were broken and you couldn't vote. And they had lines that were a mile long all over the place, Republican areas, and they couldn't vote. They said, come back in seven hours. But people can't do that. They have Little League. They have doctors. They might love Kerry. They might love the Republican Party and everything we stand for, but they can't do that. And they were standing in the hot sun for hours and hours. And then they sent in mechanics to fix them. And when the mechanics left, they were far worse. And they lose those cases in courts because our judges have no courage to do what's right. They have no courage to do what's right. I can tell you that was the case in 2022, where we can't get rid of drop boxes. We need them in every church. What we have to do, we have to put our own drop boxes in. Zuckerbuck's spent $500 million and, you know, if you contribute $5,700, $1 more than that, to a candidate, they put you in jail. This guy gave $500 million for all of this crap that they were doing, shenanigans. They were handing out the money like it was candy, and that's fine. But if somebody went, people are going to jail for spending, like, $93 too much, because it's not according to election law. And until we can eliminate ballot harvesting, we will become masters at ballot harvesting. We have no choice, (laughs) beating the Democrats at their own game, and we'll do it legally. The agenda I've laid out today will end America's destruction but it is not enough just to stop the forces tearing America down. I want, once again, to build America up. We have to build our country. We don't build anymore. All we do is investigate everybody. You ever see television? You know, it used to be, we'd build our military, we were proud of it, we'd be doing all things, would be, all you see the thing: investigation, investigation, investigation. Now, with that being said, You got to look at Hunter. I mean, how crooked is that deal? But, you know, it's not something I really — I'd like to not do any — I'd like to get back to building our country and making our country great again. But it's time to start talking about greatness for our country. Our objective will be a quantum leap in the American standard of living, especially for our young people. As I announced yesterday, we will hold a competition to build new freedom cities on — the frontier, to give countless Americans a new shot at home ownership and the American dream. It's such a wonderful, beautiful dream. And I'll challenge the governors of all 50 states, all 50 states, to join me in a great beautification campaign. We will rename our schools and boulevards, not after communists, but after great American patriots. We will get rid of bad and ugly buildings and return to the magnificent, classical style of Western civilization. We will support baby boomers, and we will support baby bonuses for a new baby boom. How does that sound? That sounds pretty I want a baby boom. Oh, you men are so lucky out there. You're so lucky. You are so lucky, men. Our country will shine, thrive, and prosper like never before. All of this is within our reach, but only if we have the courage to complete the job, gut the deep state, reclaim our democracy, and banish the tyrants and Marxists into political exile forever. They are bad for us. They want us to fail. They want our country to go down. They are sick people. Change only happens if we plow fearlessly ahead and declare with one voice that the era of woke and weaponized government is over. That is our task. That is our mission. And this is the turning point and the time for that decision, because as you've probably heard me say before, we will not back down. We will not bend. We will not quit. We will not yield. We will press forward with push, we will press forward with vigor, we will push onward, and we will finish what we started. We started a great, great, positive revolution. Nobody's ever seen anything like it before. It's called Make America Great Again. We want to make America great again. We will cross the finish line. We will dismantle the deep state. We will demolish woke tyranny, and we will restore the American Republic to all its radiant glory. And with God's help and your support, we will make America powerful again. We want to have a powerful country. We need to have a powerful country. We will make America wealthy again. We, we will make America strong again. That's what we want. Yeah. We, want yeah. Yeah. we yeah. will make America think of your heart pounding. We will make America proud again. We, we will make yeah. America yeah. safe yeah. again, not like our streets of the cities, which are a disgrace for the entire world to watch. And we will make America great again.